0: Hello and welcome to Portraits of Clongos, a podcast series that takes you on a journey into the lives of former pupils of Wood College. My name is Russell McDermott, and in this podcast series, we will speak with alumni from Clongos to hear their first-hand accounts of the transformative impact this school has had on their lives. Another edition today with Kevin O'Higgins. Kevin is one of seven children from a family deeply embedded in Irish politics. And over the year, he practised as a solicitor in Blackrock himself. And he is the son of the former Chief Justice of Ireland, Kevin. Welcome to Portis of Congo.
1: Uh, thank you very much, Ross. Uh, it's it's a great privilege and it's a great honour to be speaking with you this morning. I understand you have had some magnificent people before me, and I I feel very humble to be even in the same you know forum as them. you uh, no, include
0: um, yourself in that, Kevin. Don't worry about that at cool. all.
1: So uh, I, our first I, uh, question is: How do you remember your time in Clongos? How was it? Uh, looking yeah, I, back, I joined in 1970, and uh, so I was there for the five years. I was maybe fortunate in that I had two brothers still in the school while I was there, and, and in fact, three brothers previously had uh, been uh, been there as well. So I was. Lucky. Barry,
0: Barry was still there when you went. Well, well, he was there when I left. So he left in Yes, his...
1: yes my brother Barry was. Um, he was three years ahead of me, and my brother Michael uh, would have been four four years ahead of me. So, so at least when I joined as a nervous twelve year old, I suppose <laughs> I was very fortunate that when um, my parents brought. Brought, brought me down the Great Roman Mile you know isn't it some sight when you still drive through is, the, yeah, still
0: is very you impressive drive
1: through the gates and yeah. uh, it's pretty impressive but I was very lucky in that I kind of had a soft entry as it were and I don't really remember any kind of you no know, trauma or I mean homesickness yeah um, uh, uh you know, maybe there was, but I probably got stuck in, you know, pretty early. You know, sports was great. And I found, I'm trying to think, did I know anyone uh, beforehand going there? I think John Sheehan are a member because we had been in primary school together. But John was a year ahead of me. And uh, that was probably all I knew. But where is that primary, lucky. Kev? Uh, primary school in the Scripture Brothers Bungstown. All right. So... I mean, I was lucky in that sense that, that you know I got to know my brother's friends as well. So yeah. I don't really recollect any.
0: But you had been there before; it wasn't as traumatic as it may have been for yeah, others. Yeah, yeah. I mean, your brothers yeah. were there. There's a safety net, inverted commas, of some kind in yes, those dreary days of uh, rudiments.
1: Yeah, and uh, and I would have remembered going uh, going down, uh, you know, going down to the school on Union Day and and playing in the egg and spoon races as a as a <laughs> as a, a non-border at that stage. Yeah. You know, just. Uh, just as a, as a nine or 10 year old, you know. You win. <laughs> it was before we learned to glue the, you know. <laughs> right on the spoon, you know? <laughs> and um, if I was
0: asked you, to ask you now, looking back, what kind of disciplines or ways of life it gave you throughout your own career, what, what might they be?
1: I mean, I guess be organized and, uh, you know, to fend for yourself and to appreciate, you know, I mean, the collegiality of others. Mm. Uh, and I mean, that would certainly be something that, that I would have taken from my time in boarding schooling in, in Klongas and and uh I mean the camaraderie of 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 your mates and your friends and your peers. And I mean in later life I became a solicitor and you know I've always been involved. I've always been involved with you know my colleagues mm. and I mean help them out, mentor them, look for assistance, you know, never be afraid to ask. So I mean, those were maybe, you know, things I took from my time in boarding school. I think it was an interesting time. I mean, certainly it's light years away from, you know, the school now, I think, or in modern times. We were a scruffy bunch. You know, there's no uniform (laughs) except for Union Day. I mean, there was no uniform whatsoever. You wore your hair as long as you wanted. Um, You know, the food was at best, you know, fair to middling. (laughs) Very polite. Was there corporal punishment? Yes, there was a bit, wasn't there? so I mean all those like those things have changed and for the for the better certainly uh, that would be my impression. And obviously and the now go down in modern punishments
0: Yeah, but the corporal punishment didn't leave huge mark on you. Was there any bullying no, no, or interaction no. with so
1: it was all pretty good. Yeah, and that would have included um remember the cockers on the bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, but uh, I mean, I think the 70s were, you know, maybe the Jesuits had, had been through the 60s and certainly from from, from what one he hears of the 60s, I mean, it was even more austere than it became. I yeah. mean, it was very laissez-faire in my time. I'm not sure uh, how it was for you, rosset but, you know, discipline was not enforced. Yeah. I mean... Yes, I mean Father Luby was there, and he was the he was the disciplinarian, I suppose, and Father Crow. But you had such you really had a wonderful Jesuit community. I mean, I remember fondly. I mean, obviously Percy Winder was was a a huge influence. Mm. Uh, you know, Father Jisney. yeah, yeah. Father Paddy Crow was was someone that you well, I mean, I would say feared, but you, but you respected him and you didn't want to cross him. Correct. Um, I mean, I think um, in the
0: end, the history recalls he was brought in to do that kind of a job because they had just closed mongers Clongo was it was one the one that was in the balance at the time so Paddy's job was to put some shape on those loosey-goosey 60s as you say because the yes. Europe the history the world was in a different place then and obviously yes. they felt that the place needed to be put in a bit better more shape I remember being very scared of Paddy Crow for that very reason mm-hmm. he was a very discipline oriented and structured and organised but we got him in seventy two, you got him when you were leaving. Slightly different, wasn't it?
1: Uh, no, Father Cob was there. In, was he? Uh, was it towards I mean, the he end, though, wasn't it? No, I thought he, it was. Uh, I thought he might have been kind of kind of seventy three onwards, was he? Yes, yeah, 73. Um, 73 my, yeah, but we also had a rector called. You might be able to help me with the name. He was a a lovely man, larger than life. Father um, Brennan. Oh, Father Brennan. Yes, yeah. Exactly. Now, now, I mean, he was. I mean, he was different, wasn't he? He, he very was. He kind of came down to our level and he was quite happy that we, I mean, he treated us as equals, I think. You know, that's that's my he recollection. He did, yeah. He
0: was more approachable and he was more open about uh, different topics and not standing up on a pedestal. That's very true, yeah.
1: Absolutely. And later on, I mean, obviously I wasn't in Hatch Hole because I didn't need <laughs> to be. But, but many of my peers were from, from the country. I ended up, ended up in Hatch Hole where where he was the rector there or whatever it was. You know, called in Hatch Hall, and you know those same stories continued. You know he was he was he was able to, I mean, he was able to socialise with the boys in a way that, I mean, treated them as equals. And and uh, I mean, I certainly remember him fondly. And I mean, he lived to be quite a good age, I think, didn't he? And you did, um, yeah, you did. And uh, of course, one guy, in our year, father, um, I mean, who became a Jesuit and and who became head 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 of the provincials, yeah, Tom. Himself was Tom Laden, mm. and I mean, you know, that was. None of us really saw that coming. Uh, you but, I mean, I suppose when, when you look back, I mean, he was a timid sort of, sort of boy and he wasn't into the things that we were into, you know, you know, sport and music and whatever. So so maybe he had the calling from a, from an early age and we've met him many times since and he's always very welcoming. And while some of us may have had regrets when we look back at how we treated him or didn't treat him, there are no issues. And it's funny the way you you move, I mean, as you mature, you know, and, yeah, and, but yeah. It's, it's
0: interesting the things that stay with you or come back to you saying how uh, it's occurred to me, how we treated and mistreated or didn't treat people as kindly. And in some ways, the trauma is more uh, my own because the others were able to deal with it or move on. And that's remarkable, I think, in some people when I think back of things I saw happen in a time when, you know, bullying existed or this existed. It shouldn't have happened in a closed environment like Clongos, but it was just the rough and tumble of life, sure. people say, but for them, they moved on.
1: Yes, and we probably didn't even recognise it. Correct, no, we did. We had know, no idea what we yeah, were doing. Yeah, I mean, we didn't recognise any of the issues that, that are now pretty recognisable. Yeah, oh yeah, with <laughs> you your know? own
0: children, you say, well, that that shouldn't happen, and can't happen, why don't they make sure it doesn't happen, you know,
1: it's yeah. changed. Yeah, nicknames, of course, were, were uh, <laughs> you know, part and par- parcel of boarding school life and uh, for some strange reason, you know, the mantle of, you know, my nickname became Dotter daughter and and I mean I don't think I deserved that nickname because I was <laughs> reasonably studious and yeah. reasonably hardworking and reasonably attentive to to things but I think I think I mean I I mean it's just been said to me that no it's not one or other of your brothers you know <laughs> <laughs> may well have earned that mantle but uh, for whatever. you I mean, yes. it fell on my shoulders anyway, and uh, but uh, but it's funny, isn't it, the way nicknames... And, it does, and, and, some and sometimes it's
0: the irreverence of the Irish way of life. They knew yeah, you indeed. were studying, so they wouldn't give you the credibility and just call you a doctor.
1: That's right. One of my best friends is a limerick man called John O'Malley, John P. O'Malley. And, oh, yeah. of course, nobody knows him as John... Spanner. Uh, nobody knows him as John O'Malley, but, of course, his nickname you know, is Spanner, and... Yeah. and I mean, he's forever, forever known as Spanner. Uh, I think his wife even called him the, the Spanner. So it's, No, it's, I met uh, him
0: recently. Well, I met him there a couple of months ago, having a coffee in Main Street. And I went up to He couldn't remember me, obviously. And uh, so yes. I explained, but I called him Spanner. The same way if I meet John Sheehan, I call him Horsey. Horsey. <laughs> and he looks at me and or, says, what? Well,
1: you know. Or Ned Kelly, David Kelly.
0: Ned. Yeah, he's like Ned. Oh, David. and see, in the, in the Kellys, everybody's called Ned. Yes, exactly. Right through the exactly. family.
1: Yeah, it does seem to pass down. And even and even generationally sometimes, I think. Um, yeah. You know, when, when, the, when, the, when the son of the son goes goes, goes to Fuli, you know, the old name is dredged up.
0: And was that a weight on you, the whole uh, history and the family and everything long, yeah. long goes? Was that a burden to you yeah. personally or it didn't matter?
1: No. Yeah, that's kind of interesting that, well, I mean, obviously, I mean, every time I'd be leaving my homework up, you'd walk to the Serpentine Gallery. Yeah. And I mean, I passed by the portrait of my namesake and granduncle Kevin, yeah. and uh, yeah, that that filled me with a little bit of pride, I suppose. And then my father was in—he um, was—I mean, at that stage in my time there, uh, he was deputy leader of Fine Gael, So he had been a government minister a few years previously. He had st- uh, he had stood for the presidency against De Valera and lost very, very narrowly. Yeah. So I mean, I would have been conscious of all that, obviously. And and um, then in my time in, in school, when I read syntax. He in fact was both president of the he was president of the, of the um, union in Congos. and at the same time he was, he was running for the presidency again against Sir Erskine Childers. And right. I remember on Union Day, which was about four days before polling day. He came down as president of the union and gosh, I've never seen the school look so well. I mean, Jim Tracy had a new suit, had a beautiful white white coat on. You know, yeah. they knew something big because the TV cameras were there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I suppose that was nice. My father lost that election. You know, I would say because at that stage, the government had changed just a couple of months previously. Mm. And, uh, you know, I mean, the old Irish fairness of, ah uh, well, sure, we voted that crowd in. So uh, we're not going to get into the presidency as well. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, may have been a bit of a factor, but uh, maybe not. And uh, He then uh, went back to his legal career. He never looked back. So, so, yeah, right. So, uh, but, I, have yeah. A, I
0: have a very, very clear memory of your father and your mother and sitting, I don't know with one of you, on the hardline track on one of those metal, white metal benches to the left of the hardline pavilion around that time. I don't think it was Union Day, it might have been after it, when he didn't win. And he um, was very, I always remember, it was only 13, 14 of seeing somebody so famous up close and yes. uh, trying to ma- seeing how, how sad he may have been or disappointed, you kind of read into a situation once the result came out. And I always remember that, that bench every time I passed it. And uh, so I was only a bystander. For you as a family, it must have been more impactful. And you live, you guys, live politics up close and personal.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously we... Um Regretted losing, but uh, I know it didn't leave leave an indelible uh, you know mark of sadness on me. Particularly, I mean, I was always interested in you know current affairs and uh, I mean the world around me. And certainly, any kind of spare time when I wasn't out playing rugby or soccer, uh, I'd be in the library reading the newspapers, yeah. uh, which I really enjoyed. But I mean, isn't it extraordinary? I mean, if you think back to those years and what was going on in the world, yeah. I mean, there was. You know, bloody some there was there was uh, I mean a huge oil crisis. You know, people had to queue for petrol. Right. You know, there was the Birmingham bombings. There was uh, you know various world kind of atrocities. There was the gun running in our own country. Right. You know, where I mean, the minister for finance was actually uh, you know scheming to 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 bring guns I mean into the country, which was uh, which was kind of extraordinary. I mean, all these things were going on, but in our little bubble at Congresswood College, uh, right. we were kind of oblivious to it, which is which is no harm. But, uh, yeah, you're not the first and, person
0: to say that because somebody else said it and that, and it's probably my recollection, recollection as well, you're protected from a lot of that on a day-to-day basis. Unless you sorted out or read the papers, you don't know, went to the library to get the look of the paper, you wouldn't know what was going on until you went home for Christmas or Easter or whatever.
1: Exactly. You know, I mean, all those things, I mean, the troubles in the North were really whipping up. I mean, in one year, in 1972 alone, 500 people were you know, killed. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of extraordinary. 500 civilians were killed. So, I mean, all these things were going on. And, I mean, were we aware of it? I suppose we were, but not in a not in a direct way.
0: Yeah, we weren't confronted with it because we lived, it was a cocoonish thing. And obviously, at the time, access to TVs were difficult in school. At home, you had a better chance of obviously seeing six o'clock or nine o'clock news. At school, it, was, it wasn't that easy because it wasn't really available, you know what I mean? So... Yeah. I don't think we
1: ever saw the news, didn't no, we? No, I, mean, I think match of the day we were somewhere. lucky to see. Match on of the day, exactly. was a big exactly. treat. You know what I mean? Exactly. And then Father Father Devney and the films, uh, you know, the <laughs> film clubs. Yeah. Uh, which which uh, we really enjoyed. And uh, so so, but you know, those, those were those were those were.
0: Uh, but it's also an interesting incongruency in a way. You're obviously very aware of yourself, looking back, the things you remember that you didn't know at the time. It created a, a need for information. So. We were given the opportunity to know things and be inquisitive. And obviously, if you wanted, you could go and find these things out. It wasn't it was as if it was maliciously precluded.
1: You know, Absolutely. It, it Absolutely. Just was, was Absolutely. The
0: times wasn't available. If you wanted to know, you could go and find the information out.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. Like they
0: encouraged uh, open minds. There's no doubt. That's my recall anyway.
1: Yeah, I mean in rugby terms and sports ter- terms, I mean rugby was certainly my my sport. I would have been on the fringes of the of the of the teams but not but not quite on the on the cup teams but I yeah. uh, really enjoyed it. I mean in those years you were there in the golden you know period. <laughs> One roster. golden uh, year, yeah. We were there when I mean the color was still white.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but but when we left uh when I left in 75, I mean it was the following year that you know the famous purple and white yeah, I mean emerged. And of course, you were lucky because you had monkey Shields, so yeah. so. I mean, that was really was the golden age, wasn't it? But, it was. I mean, I mean, we had we had great individuals. I mean, our captain was very O'Driscoll, and uh, we had some elegant players. We didn't realise it then, but we were on the cusp of the golden period. Um, I mean, the purple hoops, which you know were to become the school colours from from then on. But um, we were always, I mean, in sporting terms, we were always heroic losers. You know, uh, <laughs> we played brilliantly, but we have just beaten in the last minute or whatever it was. I think in my rhetoric year, which is 75, I think we got to a semi-final, Uh, so that would have been about the height of it. But we did produce one of those rare things. we did produce a Rugby International in Rory Moroney. Yes. And I know it's 10 a penny now, but I mean, in those days that was unique. I think you'd have to go back maybe 30 years to have found the previous Rugby International.
0: Yeah, I mean, there were barren times in that sense, but there were uh, significant achievements uh, obtained. Rory being one of them, and since then, it's become a machine. But I think Michael Shields has to take our credit, because you touched upon it earlier, the ill-discipline of, if you look at old Klongonians, the dress code, the photos, yes. uh, the sports gear, dirty socks, bit yes. of Like, Michael brought back what he grew up with in Klongos, the pre-70s, yes. loosey-goosey, some people might say. Yes. And brought back a structure, inverted commas, of, of how the school represented itself and it's gone from strength to strength since then. Uh, and we got, the, uh, we got the very beginning of it in our last year and a half in 78. And uh, he brought it to the, the field of sport and rugby. And he, as he said, he didn't do anything. We just brought people together and they performed. But he brought a belief that probably was not there in previous years, Kevin, as you said. You were close but the self-belief was never there, where he left, he created a self-belief for us.
1: Absolutely. Our biggest match of the season would always be, uh, you know, when we were playing New, Newbridge, and you had to beat Newbridge. And yeah. now, sometimes we did, sometimes we didn't. But uh, I was really, it was fantastic in 1978 that Greg Dillinger um, raised the cup then uh, because it, I mean, a raised, perhaps, I mean, in our memory and and, and those around me, um, his older brother, David, had, the chance to beat Gonzaga because we lost to Gonzaga in the yeah. cup three uh, yeah. 0 and you know poor old David missed missed a kickable penalty in front of the posts. Yeah. So uh, I mean the ignominy of losing to Gonzaga in the cup it took a, a long while to get over that one. Yeah.
0: You know? You're very brave to bring that up, Kevin. I <laughs> hope uh, I won't pass this on to <laughs> South of France. So
1: no, don't. No. I'm sure for your own I'm safety. Sure, I'm sure he'll never hear hear that. But yeah. um, <laughs> uh, it's commented upon, I believe. Yes. But. Um, I mean, you asked about values and those sort of things so so really i mean you know from my perspective it was not kind of taking leadership positions but to look at the bigger picture and to work to bring people with you yeah and not in a shouty way you know and i mean i would have learned you know learned that from school and, and seeing how how you can achieve things in a different way and not in an autocratic manner you know and i suppose in my in my professional career that's that's um you know probably what i've what i've tried to do and uh uh, that's, uh, that's, you know, that's the way I I, uh, I would approach things now.
0: You're not the first person to say that. I think that living in the community and congeniality it has to be balanced with, uh, have to get out with people, whether you like them or not or agree with them or not. And, uh, you know, there's a method you have to learn which is
1: valuable in later life. Sure. And sure. Is there a piece I mean,
0: of music then, Kevin, that takes you back?
1: Well, that well time? I mean, it was a golden time. I mean, uh, I mean, just... I mean, I was thinking. I mean, I mean, obviously, uh, I had a soft spot for Christopher Berg and Spanish Train. Yeah, uh, I loved Supertramp. I, you know, I loved Car- Carly Simon. You're so vain. Yeah, you know, Carole King and her LP Tapestry. You know, uh, you kind of had David Bowie, Starman, Harry Chapin, Cat- Cats in the Cradle. Yeah, and um, Eugene Jurey hit me with your rhythm sticks. Remember that one? <laughs> uh, but probably, uh, probably, probably, probably the song that that uh, we would hear continuously. Was probably Sylvia's mother.
0: All oh, right. Yeah.
1: Um, I think it was Doctor Hook, wasn't it? Doctor, and yeah. and uh, God, that was played continuously. Obviously, American Pie uh, was huge as well. And you know, Baker Street, remember yeah. Jerry Rapperty Yeah.
0: Um,
1: but 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 probably the LP that I played and played and played in the you know third line um, recreational room was probably a Bridge Over Troubled Water.
0: Wow. So you hear that today? That takes you back to that place. Yes, it
1: does. It does. It does. And that age. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it was, uh, it was in, in the era of LPs, wasn't it? And, yeah. and it was a pleasure to be able to bring your own stuff and you know, play it. And uh, I mean, there was Bohemian Rhapsody around uh, when it was in fifth or sixth year, That's I think. That's
0: right, yeah. Uh, which was
1: huge, Hotel 25. California, you know, the, yeah. all, all these songs that, that you could play and play and play, you know.
0: Yeah. And you know? so one memory that stands out too when you see the place, you've mentioned the, the Roman Mile. Is that the outstanding feature uh, visually that comes to mind? All the time. Uh, y-
1: uh, yes, I think it probably is because, you know, the rest of the school has changed quite a, I mean, infrastructurally, it's probably changed quite a bit. Not so much at the rear of the castle, but when you go in, the Lower Line Hall, as we used to know it, has has changed. But the, um, I mean, the perimeter around, you know, the 1932 building, I think they call that building, don't they? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of remained the same. I was lucky enough in fifth year to have a room myself, you Now the building near the church. Yeah. So, so um, political
0: connections, I'd say.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I never had a the 60 year room in the block there because. Oh, uh,
0: you were kind of the annex thing, yeah. Yes, that's right. That's the annex right. Is, yeah,
1: which was kind of handy. You know, it was nice. But um in recent years, I've been going down at Father Kenny Day, which is yeah. mid June, 15th of June. Yeah. And I think that that's a great innovation. Where I mean, they encourage those who are out of the school forty years plus to reconnect down there. You know, because. Union Day doesn't suit everyone, and Union Day is more about the you know School. present as opposed yeah. to the past, I think, isn't it? Yes, correct. But, I mean, Father Kenny Day, which is, they usually try to hold it on the 15th of June. Father Kenny, of course, being, being the first Jesuit to, yeah. to admit students in 1814. So, I mean, that's really enjoyable. And, I mean, the lunch is fantastic. The talks are fantastic. And it's great just to be able to walk around and, you know, there's no particular itinerary and... You know, Margaret Doyle is usually hanging around and a few of the old old faces are, are there, you know.
0: And is there one so, name that stands out at your
1: time? Yeah, probably. I'd say, Father, I'd say Father Winder, you know, yeah. Percy, Percy Winder. We shared a great interest in football and in League of Ireland football in particular, in chamber Grovers, you know, that was a strong connection. I didn't and, know
0: that about Percy at all. That, yeah. that is absolutely new information to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know what no, it is. I was and, associated
0: and, and, with tennis
1: and that was it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. No, he was a remarkable man and a very kind man. And but I mean, I remember too, Father Breton. You know, I mean, there were some great Jesuits there, and I have very good memories of them. You
0: know. Yeah, the community is only five now, Kevin. Is that so? Is that yeah, so? I had yeah. lunch with them a couple of times the last few months, and it's yes. very, it's very different for obvious reasons. There's less of them, and they're much older. And yeah, that's the, the community is still strong, but it's different, as yes. you remember, uh, back to the seventies. Very yes. different. If, I, if there's one word, sum up, summary of your time there, how would you say to somebody in the elevator conversation, Clongos for me was?
1: Well, you get what you put into it. You know, if you get involved, if you go with the flow, get involved, you will benefit and you will thrive. I mean, there is a strong value system there. And I mean, I hope I took some of them with me. And, you know, in all, I mean, I had a positive time there, a positive experience. And I mean, I didn't send my boys there because... My wife, who had been to boarding school, uh, she couldn't think of the prospect of sending her boys away. You know, so but
0: that's not normal, Kevin. I mean, I have two daughters, and I've said it before. Had I had sons, apart from affordability and all the other things, yes. I would have been too selfish in some ways to give away my kids for five or six
1: years. Yes. Uh, now,
0: yes. and as good as the school was to me, and I have nothing but fond memories. As a parent, you look at it differently.
1: Yes, I think that's right, and I mean it can't be just your decision as well. Correct, you know. Correct. So there we are. You know, yeah. me, it's a long time ago. For, uh, so, <laughs> so forty-eight years out now. So it's
0: <laughs> yeah, we're going for a forty-fifth reunion this year.
1: Is that so great? Yeah. Where's that going to be?
0: Yeah, uh, we do in Clane in the hotel in Clane. We do oh, mass yes. in the at, uh, people's church, the boys' chapel. Sorry. And we do a dinner there, play golf, and uh, that's it. It's kind of a ritual going back there and reworking, rewalking some of the corridors. Usually, what happens? Yeah, because some people idea. haven't gone back, Kevin. They don't have that luxury. They come back every now and again. So when they come back, you try and maximise the time they can if they haven't
1: been down to the place. Yeah, and uh, I mean, are you a cohesive bunch? Uh, are you in touch with? Yes,
0: of- we're pretty yeah. cohesive. Yes, that's good. and. Uh, that's good. You know, we were kind of in our funny year in '78. Things happened, good and bad, and uh, we stuck together. And uh not as strong as maybe other years, but there's a strong, cohesive group when we meet regularly.
1: Uh, right, do you right. guys? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I would say that my closest friends are from the year. You know, my mm. closest friends now. You know, Nine King and Edge uh, Kelly. You know, Carrot uh, King. Uh, <laughs> yes. He give well, him my regards
0: him he was my prefect <laughs> one year so, yeah <laughs> I got a few pandies written for him thanks to him my little notes he sent me up to see oh, purses is so? and, yeah he could be very strict could be cart kicking
1: well if you called him
0: cart it wasn't a good
1: idea he chased you and I think the name passed on to his brother Ronan as well yeah it did yes
0: that's one of those generational name passing things well Kevin O'Higgins a delight to talk to you today thank you for joining us on Portraits
1: of Clongos Pleasure. Thank you indeed, Rasa. Take care.